The following podcast is brought to you by Lady Norland's Cajun Cafe, RVA's favorite Cajun hideaway, in the fan at the corner of Maine and Stafford. Find out more at ladynorlands.com. Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Hello folks, good morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you are listening to this. Welcome to Rams Rewind uh, after VCU had another wonderful afternoon and evening at the Patriot Center or whatever they call it now, the Eagle Bank Center, up at George Mason. And I have to tell you, I can't think of three and a half hours I've enjoyed more than first listening to this game as I was working and finishing up work, I'm happy to say. That, that always is a good thing on a Saturday when by when VCU tips four and I'm pretty much done when they're when they're finishing the game up or just about done. And then coming home and watching it again on ESPN Plus and watching what Ace Baldwin is becoming. I've said, and I will stick to it, that yes, Vince Williams is our banner man. He is our leader. He is he is the he is the tent post that holds the rest of it up. Yes. But Ace Baldwin sets the tone. He sets the tone so often, and you start the game. With a wonderful assist, Hassan Ward runs the floor, but it is a thin window to get him the ball for that dunk to start to get VCU off and running at the start of this game. But Baldwin has that ability, perfect pass, perfect job by Ward, you know, running in transition. And it's not the last time he would do that in the game either. Uh, and, And it just goes from there. It just goes from there. This young man, Ace Baldwin, coming off a catastrophic Achilles injury. I don't know if he can get, you know, first or second team all-conference because he missed all those games at the beginning. I don't know how voters take that. But you look at this performance from him today. He had the war- He didn't just have the basketball on a string, which he did. He had to quote that Great old song. He had the world on the strings sitting on a rainbow. Whatever you wanted, whatever you wanted, he pretty much gave you today in that game. If you want unbelievable, fantastic passes in tight windows like that past award to get the first basket of the game, he gave you that. If you wanted the outlet pass to give somebody else a highlight reel dunk, which I'll talk more about that later. He gave you that. If you want the three-pointer because you're laying off because you don't want him to run to go by you, he gave you that. If you want to drive to the basket into some contact and nail nail the tough the tough layup, he gave you that. If you want foul shots, he gave you that. He was five of six uh, at VCU. What a night they had at the foul line for a team that's had so many struggles there. But the ten assists. And only three turnovers, and he had two steals as well. The ten assists were just—I'm telling you, it. it I almost—I'll be honest. I almost started recording this pod after the 
first five or six minutes of the second half because that was so good. Uh, and again, I'll spend some time on that in a moment. But I'm glad I didn't because I would have missed the last assist of the game he had, which was just, uh, I just loved the bits. But, but Adrian Ace Baldwin, I mean, he is the absolute, he, he lives up to that nickname of his so often, and today was no different. And when he plays like that, this is not some awful, terrible offense that can't score. When VCU doesn't turn the ball over, and they didn't do it tonight, they had 12 turnovers. And, and to be perfectly honest, that is good. To me, 12 and below is a good night. Because, again, you're dealing with college basketball. You're dealing with young players who are going to, you know, get out over the skis, play too fast, make those kind of mistakes. I think if you, if you, do, if you commit 12 turnovers, especially the way VCU plays, 12 turnovers, if you hand me that before the game and say, that's all VCU's going to do, I'll say, I'll take it. I'll take it right here. I'll take it right now. That's fine. I will take that. And and but the way Ace just conducts this orchestra, and of course the scoring as well tonight, and he comes up with that assist early, and he comes up with an early three as they started to kind of break loose a little bit. But I let's go to the to the portion of the game that put this thing completely out of reach. So VCU has a good end of the half, which is something we complained about. They have a good end of the half. They get a little lucky because they turn it over. And uh, and one of the Mason players missed an open three, and they missed a bunch of those tonight. Uh, and so VCU goes up in ten, goes up ten point, goes into the halftime break up ten points, having played pretty well. But I mean, if that three goes in and you're only up seven, maybe you don't have the momentum. And then they come out in the first six minutes, and they just they just nuked George Mason. They make. Nine of their first ten shots to to uh, to start the second half, and this is the sequence: steal Adrian Baldwin, layup Vince Williams, assist Adrian Baldwin. So that's one assist. He gets another steal. Keyshawn Curry misses the shot in the paint. Mike Rhodes wanted a foul on that, by the way, and he was right. Curry was fouled there, so that shot actually wouldn't have counted if they'd have called a foul. Curry would have been going to the foul line. Adrian Baldwin three-pointer, and then another one. Back-to-back three-pointers. So there we go. So we've got an assist and two three-pointers from Baldwin. Then we get a non-jumper. Then we get Curry layup, assist Baldwin. Then after awards deal, we get none three-pointer, assist Baldwin. You see the pattern? Then then after, uh, let's see here. And then we get the same thing again. After after uh, the, the Mason actually made a basket, we get none three pointer assist Baldwin. Then we get Vince Williams three pointer assist Baldwin. Then after a couple turnovers, we get a Curry layup assisted by Jaden Nunn, not not Ace Baldwin. Amazingly, so what we have is VCU making nine out of ten, and Ace Baldwin has two threes and five assists, so he is responsible for seven of the baskets. And that, folks, is something that if I could, if it was a painting, I would want to see it in the Louvre. I would want to see it in the Metropolitan Museum in New York. 
uh, or at the Guggenheim or something like that. It was an absolute work of art. And again, a guard that is that is absolutely in his bag and is rolling is is that's the way it is. He he literally is moving everybody around where he wants them to. And it's almost as if he controls everybody's mind. And he's like, I want you here, and you're going to be here, and I'm going to get it to you, and you're going to make the shot. I want this defender to go here, because if he goes here, I'm going to have this angle, I'm going to make this pass, and get my guy a layup. It's like he had mind control on all of them, and he had that ball on a string like a yo-yo. It was absolutely just chef's kiss. It was as beautiful as a Cajun dinner at Lady Nolens, who is our, of course, our sponsor here at Rams Rewind. Patronize Lady Nolens. Tell them Rams Rewind sent you. They're our friends. They sponsor this podcast. And quite frankly, if you told me that Ace Baldwin went down there and cooked and cooked a meal for them tonight and it was and it was five stars, I'd believe it. That's how good he was uh, in this game. So I am so and at that point, honestly, when when Curry hits the layup to make it 63-41, I almost quit watching the game and started recording because I listened to it and yes, BCU drifted a little bit. They put, you know, Mason puts the run together, 10 in a row to get it to 63-51. You think, oh, okay, this could get a little interesting. So after two timeouts, because for once Rhodes saw what was happening, calls a timeout, and then they nearly they nearly get a five seconds, so they have to call another one. You get a beautiful play run. Jaden Nunn, who, by the way, four assists, no turnovers tonight. Fabulous job from Jaden Nunn in addition to his 15 points. You know, Jaden Nunn makes it makes a beautiful drive, opens up the opens up the lane for Curry to cut, and he gets Curry the ball, and it's an easy layup. And then and then we get a great rebound by Baldwin, and he gets fouled, and makes two free throws, and it's back up to 16 points. And from there, VCU just just kind of cruises home. It's never it's never any kind of a threat of a game again. Yeah, they got it down to 13 a few times. VCU had a little bit of drift here and there. But I'm glad I didn't turn the game. But I will say, I'm glad I didn't turn the game out. Because this last play, this last assist from Ace Baldwin was like, was just, they missed the shot. And Ace Baldwin, and this is what is so great, and this is another string that this team, that, that has been added to this team's bow. They have struggled to run and struggled to get transition buckets off of made baskets and even, you know, even normal kind of misses, not long rebound misses, but misses where the, the, the rebound is kind of right near, right near the baseline or right near the basket, and you don't usually have that transition opportunity. He gets it, he turns, he sees Curry, and it's a West Unseld senior kind of, Bullet chest pass. That's the thing that, for those of you who don't don't know, Wes Unseld Sr., I don't know if he was voted in the top 75 for the 75th anniversary of the NBA, but he was in the top 50 for the 50th anniversary. And the thing he was known for was he was almost a one-man fast break because he would get a rebound, and with the full ferocity of his 280 pounds of granite that he was made out of, he would fire these long outlet chest passes to streaking 
uh, Bullets teammates, and they would get layups so often just off of regular misses, not even turnovers. And that's essentially what Ace Baldwin, who who's nowhere near that size, I mean, he put all of himself into this chest pass. He hits Keyshawn Curry absolutely perfect. Curry goes in and slams it down and posterizes this poor dude for Mason and then unfortunately Wolfs at him and gets a tech. But it was, I'm so glad I didn't turn the game off so that I could see that again. It was absolutely perfect. I mean, and I and I have no idea if it would even make Sports Center top 10, but it should. Not even for the dunk, although the dunk from Keyshawn Curry is fantastic. And you just you just don't realize, or, or it's hard for people to realize, not only how fast he is, but how well he gets up to flip, to flip and dunk that ball like he does. It's really, you know, Keyshawn Curry, his athletic prowess is, it shouldn't be sneaky, but to me it kind of is a little bit. Uh, but that play, uh, seriously, I, I hope, I hope in the, whenever they put up the highlights on YouTube uh, for this game, whenever VCU Athletics puts the highlights up, if they do, that play needs to be in there because I could watch that over and over and over and over again until the end of time. It was that good. God, it was that good. And he was that good tonight. And when he sets the tone like that, and when he comes up with a couple of big plays like that, when for a brief moment it looks like George Mason might cause them a problem after going after VCU got the monster lead, oh, it's just magnificent what this, what this kid is capable of. And Lord willing, and he can stay healthy, we have two more years of it. Uh, and and he's just and it's not just it's not just one or two players he seems to have telepathy with you know all these players seem to be in the right spot for him and maybe that's them getting used to him and maybe that's because he knows where to be so that they can so that they are in the right spot when he gets him the ball but uh, i mean his game tonight whew, honest to goodness i'll put that up against just about any other point guard and how they played this this year. 18 points, 10 assists, and two steals. I'll put that up against anybody. That is an amazing performance. And I mean, and, and I mean, I feel like I'm giving everybody else short shrift because he was that good. But you know, the whole the whole team, Hassan Ward makes every shot he takes tonight. He makes all four field goals, two free throws, gets 10 points, and had foul trouble. And some of them were ticky tack fouls. And really, the way he was playing. He could have had 20 tonight easy if he'd have been able to stay out of foul trouble. And Oduro got him early a few times, but I thought he actually did a really good job on Oduro, especially in the second half. Because uh, Oduro went along after Oduro had a really great start in the game. He kind of went a long time without scoring. Uh, and I mentioned Curry, and he and the thing is, Curry had a couple of couple of uh, brain farts out there because he did have four turnovers, but still. Did he go crazy after scoring 28 and started chucking here, there, and everywhere? No. 5 of 11 from the field, which is not bad. And he took more threes because obviously he's a little more confident in them than he normally does. So he's only, he was only one for five. But again, under control, playing good defense. Deshaun Schwartz, who came into the game averaging 16, didn't score until the second half and had a brief little run where he pretty much got all his nine points. 
And other than that, Curry kept kept him kept him quiet uh, along with our other guards. And again, so again, it's another great defensive performance. You know, it was it was it was great to hear watching the TV hear John Feinstein how talk about how mature Jaden Nunn is as a freshman. Absolutely right. I already mentioned four assists, no turnovers, uh, fifteen points on only five of eight shooting. So again, taking good shots, taking smart shots. VCU shot selection tonight. Absolutely elite. And and that's why they shoot almost 60% for the game. They end up 60% for the second half. They end up 55.6%, 30 of 54. 9 of 20 from 3. And they kind of they were kind of messing around and took a couple of silly threes right at the end. So they were just about 50. I mean, they I think they missed their last two threes and their first two three-pointers. So in the middle, they were 9 of 16. And, of course, the big one for a lot of us, 16 of 18 from the foul line. Heck, even Deloach made one tonight. And I thought Deloach, you know, Ward's got all the foul trouble. So Deloach and Brown Jones had to play a lot. And, of course, they got a lot of fouls themselves. But I thought they both did a really good job tonight. And I was really happy with what they produced uh, for them. Um, You know, Stockhart had a couple of really good defensive plays. But outside of that, he struggled as well. Uh, tonight, but my God, this was this was really something. This was really this was really something. This performance, and you know, give Mike Rhodes some credit. There have been moments in this series when he's when they when VCU hasn't really taken it seriously against Mason, hasn't understood that Mason is a rival. Uh, and it was funny to hear Jaden Nunn in the post game saying, "Oh yeah, the." It was homecoming, and apparently the, the Mason fans were really giving it to the players, VCU players, even before the game, and that kind of got him up and going. And and this team approached this game the right way. They approached this game the right way, and that's how you have a situation like that where you know you, they get the lead at halftime, they kind of pu- start to pull away, and then they just drop the flipping hammer on them to start the second half and effectively end the game, even even if, yes, they got it back to, you know, within 12 or whatever. The game was pretty much over after the first six minutes of the second half. I mean, it's, that, is, that is the kind of road performance. Didn't trail in the game. That's another thing. You go on the road in conference play, and you're tied one time at 2-2, and you don't trail the entire game. You know, you, you, they can't do much better than that. And there's just there were so many good things tonight. Won the rebounding battle. You know, they've had they we all know about their issues rebounding the basketball. And Mason's been a pretty good rebounding team uh this year. They win the they they're plus five, and even though they shoot the ball great, they still end up with more offensive rebounds than Mason. So again, we, and they win second chance points as a result, nine to six. And look, you know, you love to have a game, sure, where you're killing a team, really killing a team with second chance points. But if they're not getting slaughtered in that situation, they're in good shape because again, they're a really good defensive team. And and again, they they managed this on a night where their defense wasn't as 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 tough as it normally is. In part because they got such a big lead that you are going to have a little bit of that drift at times. And they definitely drifted in the second half because, I mean, doggone Mason shot over 50%. They were 13-24 to 24 in the second half uh, and made a few threes, especially at the end of the game. But, again, the game was long decided at that point. Long, long decided. And it was just 
you just could not get away from from what a scintillating performance this was in so many respects. 19 assists on 30 made field goals. Beautiful. Beautiful. That is what I'm looking for. Give me something like that most nights. And whatever the final score is, I can live with it. I, I can live with it because that is everything we've talked about on this podcast and everything Mike Rhodes has talked about. That's playing together. That's playing the right way, moving the basketball, moving without the basketball. And so many times, and, and again, it's not luck. When, when, they, when you get in the right place on offense that many times, it's not luck. It is you're doing the right thing. Start, you're doing the right thing, you know, in the play, you're moving to the right spot. You're seeing your you know, your guard is seeing the angle and, and hitting it. That's how that happens. That's how that happens. And again, let's remember something. This team, if if you're if you're a member of the VCU Good and the Bad, the Ugly group, you would have seen this. If you're not, you should be. I did VCU by the numbers yesterday. VCU's offense fell in out of the you know into the three hundreds. That's how much they were struggling on offense this last few weeks after having a nice little offensive uptick when Ace initially came back, their offense really, really dropped the last few weeks and dropped out of the 300s. But you see it here, and I know it's only Mason, and they're not as good a defensive team as a St. Bonaventure, Davidson, or you know, it's, or, or even a URI or St. Louis, whatever, fine. But when they take care of the basketball and when everybody is – Moving without the basketball, and when they're sh- and when you're working your offense and working the clock a little bit and getting you know more than two or three passes, and you're getting that quality post entry, that is what they're capable of. They could have easily had ninety tonight if they if they had if they had really wanted to and they had really stuck to the task completely. They could have had ninety tonight. They were that good. And remember, this is a Mason team. That hasn't been blown out a lot in conference play this year. You know, they they have they have played, you know, for a team that's essentially a brand new stinking roster, which is what they are. I mean, that that's essentially what they are. They are a brand new roster. Oduro, their their high quality big man, is is one of the few decent returning players that was a returning player because when everybody when when the last coach got the axe. I mean, everybody, every doggone person was in the doggone uh, portal. It was crazy. And this guy, you know, brought in, brought in, I mean, brought in so many players. I mean, like I said, they would all need name tags. It's like, who the heck are you? Who the heck are you? All this other stuff. This is a, but this is a team that hasn't been getting blown out much in games this year, and especially in the A-10. Let's look at their A-10 results coming into today. Uh, you know, lost to GW by one point. And apparently Oduro didn't play or something. They were talking about that on the telecast. You know, beat Dayton at home by one. St. Joe's, they won by six at home. They beat St. Bonaventure at home by nine. They won at Amherst by ten. They lost to St. Louis at the buzzer in double overtime. It could have gone to triple overtime. Lost by five at LaSalle. Lost to a three-pointer basically at the buzzer against Richmond. You know, .9 points. Beat Richmond in the rematch by three in overtime. So they've been in every conference game, and VCU pretty much wiped them out in the first six minutes of the second half. So do not do not minimize this performance at all. 
for that reason. And also, do not minimize this performance because they played this game knowing that St. Louis had lost Friday night to St. Bonaventure at home and that Davidson, much to my surprise, and this is something I'm 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 taking the big L on because I basically said in the good and the bad and the ugly group, I didn't think Davidson was going to lose two more games in conference play, and I did not. I can tell you, I did not have on my bingo card Davidson going up to Kingston, Rhode Island, and losing, especially the way VCU took care of Rhode Island the other night. But they have. So VCU walked onto that floor knowing the opportunity was in front of them and taking it. And now they're sitting here. They're in. They're in. They're in a bit of a log jam at second, but they're in second place. And all of a sudden, Davidson is within reach now. Davidson ten and two. VCU and Dayton nine and three. St. Louis eight and three. And I'll be honest, it's going to seem weird because I was cheering for St. Bonaventure at least in the group on Friday night. But I'm going to be turning around and cheer, kind of cheering for St. Louis when they have the rematch next because. St. Bonaventure is the team that can knock us out of the top four. And I'd like to have that buffer in case, God forbid, we lose the second game to them when we play them. But it's now back in reach again. I kind of thought when Davidson didn't lose at St. Bonaventure and then when VCU got thrashed by Dayton, I thought, eh, regular season titles probably out the window here. You know, second place is what's within the grasp. And I really started kind of – honing in on St. Louis as a result of that because that was the team before Friday night that was in second. But now the, the regular season title's back on the menu, baby. It is. It's back on the menu. And, of course, as as is befitting this, as they keep on winning, as they keep on responding to that terrible defeat against Dayton with victories, each game gets progressively bigger. And Tuesday night, it's Fordham. And Normally, at Fordham is is a game that's been been a pretty good game for VCU. They have lost up there one time, but normally they go up there and win and win convincingly. Fordham, though, as we've seen, is a little bit of a tougher nut to crack. They've been a little bit peskier this year. Again, under a new coach and with a lot of roster turnover, you know, they've showed some, in my opinion, they've showed some really good... Uh, good performances and they've been tough. They they put a scare into Davidson the other day. You know, and they're four and seven in the league. And yes, VCU should beat them. Should go there. It should should go there and win. And usually we get a lot of VCU fans up there, which is great. But they they've been frisky for them. So you gotta be you gotta have that same mental approach. You know, you can't take this team lightly. You gotta respect the opponent. You gotta turn up and say We've got to earn this victory. We just can't assume it's going to be handed to us. Uh, but this is, you know, it's starting to, I really feel like things are falling into place. And I know that VCU's not on the not on, it, on the board of any of the bracketologists at this point, and it seems like the at-large is still a long way away and a lot of teams are in front of us, and yes, they are. But it is, things are starting to fall into place for VCU in terms of that because their non-conference is continuing to perform. That's something else you would have seen in the good and the bad and the ugly group. Uh, the non-conference strength of schedule, according to the Ken Palm mep- metrics, are fantastic. And most crucially, in terms of teams that could be around them that are on the bubble in, in the at-large pool, not many others have played as many quality teams or teams that are going to finish high up in conference in their conferences VCU has 
only a few have, like Memphis and and uh, and um, Belmont and a few others. So you know that's gonna that that could carry. There could be momentum from our opponents playing well that helps carry us forward. So I just this I love this performance because again again there's nothing like winning on the road uh, in conference, and there's really nothing like winning on the road against your state rivals. It really it really doesn't get better. And it's always been the case for me. I every time I hear a VCU chant at a Mason or Madison or Richmond or William and Mary or ODU, I just love it so much because you know it's a big game for them, and you know they really want to stick it to us, and they can't stand it when we go in there and beat them. None of those folks and and, and none of those people in the state that we play, they can't stand it. So you know they're coming. They're coming at us like it's one of the biggest games of their season uh, for them when, when we come in, especially with these in-state games that we have. And so that's why I love it that we have, like, I love it that we have Mason and Richmond in this in this conference because I know we're going to be playing there every year. It just it just means that much more when we go into their gyms and win. And for whatever reason in the in the VCU Mason series, and maybe it's the same for them. The the, the visiting teams have dominated. Uh, you know, VCU's one up there, I want to say, three or four times in a row now. And, of course, as, as the TV people pointed out, Mason's won three of their last four in the Siegel Center. Uh, so, and, and, and that is where VCU's had the problem this year, has been at home. And they've got – and if they're going to make a run at this – in this regular season, you know, they can't afford any more slips-ups at home. And that's one other thing i got to point out, too. The other thing that gives VCU a chance in an at-large – True road games. I think it's seven and one now, and they're going to be eight. And th- if you count the neutral site games in the Bahamas, it's eight and three. And the committee will always smile favorably on that because, by and large, unless you're a protected seed, you're not playing at home in the tournament. So remember that as well. Remember that as well. So Fordham Tuesday night. Love it that it's ESPN Plus again because if I can have a decent night at work. And I can get the game on my tablet as I'm driving, hopefully driving back to the station, or even better, driving home from work. Uh, then I will be with you in the game thread in the VCU Good, the Bad, and the Ugly group. There'll be a live video to go with this podcast Tuesday night. That's the goal. We'll see if work co- cooperates on that. And again, this is kind of a trap because we've just played Mason, who is a, is an important rival for us, and we're playing Richmond and Mason right after that. So. This, if there is a trap game on this schedule, this is it at Fordham. So I hope, what I first hope is that we usually get our turnout of VCU fans whenever we play in New York like we get because we usually have a great turnout of VCU fans. So I hope that is no different uh, th- this time up in the Bronx. And secondly, that we understand that, hey, Fordham, Fordham, has, shown, Fordham has shown that they can be pretty tough. So... Let's not let's not mess around with them, and let's not just think that we can roll the balls out, show up, and win there. Again, respect the opponent, honor the game, uh, and the best way to respect the opponent is to go there and take it serious and whoop their and honestly whoop their behind. That's that's how you show respect to the opponent, and hopefully we'll do that and we'll keep on climbing. Hopefully towards that at large bid, or even better, hopefully towards an Atlantic Ten championship. So I want to thank everybody. 
I, I only looked at the game thread here and there when I was driving around when it's in between stops or whatever, but it was pretty entertaining. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Remember our good friends, Lady Nolans, and hopefully I will uh, see you online Tuesday night or I, you'll hear me Wednesday morning after another Atlantic 10 road win. Uh, thank you all for listening. Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. To participate in the post-game Facebook Live with George, join the Facebook group VCU Basketball Fans, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.